For those of you who don't know me, my name is Heidi, and I am married to the pastor here, Doug, at Hope. And um, this is my third time preaching. My second time was this morning. So here we go. Um, We're going to be talking about, in case you didn't know all of my um, extras here, we're going to be talking about salt and light today. And I was out, I was been, I've been so focused on the message that when I went to go shop for a birthday card this week, I found this one, and it says, another birthday? Just take it with a grain of salt. This works much better if the salt accompanies a large margarita. So there you go. You're welcome. We didn't say that in the first service because we're online. You're welcome, welcome. All right, so... For those of you who have been tracking with us the last few months, we've been going through uh, the Sermon on the Mount, starting with the Beatitude, Beatitudes, where Jesus is um, teaching his disciples and all those that are watching around him what it means to be blessed. As a matter of fact, the word literally means in this context, supreme blessings. Jesus said, you are blessed when, and he turns their expectations upside down. As we move forward in the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to learn what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in God's kingdom as his reflection. We display the God flavors of salt and God colors of light. And so as we move forward in this message today. If you have your Bibles or if you want to pull out your phones, we're going to continue in Matthew chapter 5. As you might recall from last week's message, Jesus turns his expectation upside down and said, Blessed are you who are persecuted. Yay! For the name of Jesus. Um, He talked about some stories of real hardship in other countries and... um, just for, you know, loving Jesus, following Jesus, and sharing his name with others. It really threatens the systems of our society, and it brings light to darkness. So this is why they got persecuted. Being a follower of Jesus may not be what we expect, but this teases us up to, say, to hear what Jesus has to say, not just to individuals, to us together as the church, together as a city on a hill. Now, some of you may have known Jesus for a long time, and some are newly Christians, and I bet there are some here in the room that may have been just like me before I came to Christ. And we are so welcome. We want you to know we're so glad you're here. This room isn't just for people who currently follow Jesus, but those with an interest to know him and to know what this is all about. So for me, it's been nearly two decades till I came to Christ, since I came to Christ, and it just reignites my faith anytime I get around a new believer. When I'm with a new believer, it takes my little flame and ignites it into a fire. I'm passionate again. I remember that zest for Jesus. At 34, his light shined on my dark and destructive path. He pulled me out of the darkness and into the light, and he rescued me. 
He put my feet on solid ground, and I felt so new, so loved, so fresh, so bright. You see, during my sophomore year, something happened that set me on the dark path. I had lost my innocence, and the light of childhood had gone out. My path grew dark, and with no illumination, it just grew darker and darker, well into adulthood. Then walks Jesus, in, or Jesus, Dixie, into my life. Of course, Jesus. She was a follower of Jesus who invited me to church. She invited me during some of my darkest days. And there was just something different about Dixie. She was both sweet and savory. She was kind and fun. She was both good and approachable. And she was interesting and flavorful. She was very compassionate and very understanding. And she didn't judge all the mess I'd made out of my life. And there was just something about her I couldn't explain. But I knew I wanted to be with her. And even more than that, I wanted to be like her. See, Dixie was the first person outside my family who took me to church. I didn't understand everything the pastor was saying. I'll be honest. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. But the day that he was talking about lost sheep, I knew that was me. So I jumped in the car back when you could do that in those days with Dixie, headed back home and looked at her and said, I know what's wrong with me. She's like, ah, okay, what's wrong? I said, I'm a lost sheep. And that was the beginning of the end of my dark days. Dixie was the light that illuminated the work God was doing in my heart, and she led me to Jesus. The more I followed Jesus, the more his light dawned in my life. And my experience was much like what it says in the book of Isaiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those people living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. My path was illuminated by Dixie. She was the salt and the light of Jesus. I was able to follow Dixie because of her nature. And Jesus captured my heart and filled my soul with his light. And things began to become clearer and clearer. So for the next 30 minutes, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be salt and light. And before we do that, I'm going to take off my shoes because my feet are really starting to hurt. (laughs) I'm not used to wearing these. So I hope that doesn't bother anybody, but I am going to take these off or I'm going to be in pain this whole time. So, and we're also right after this going to talk to God. So that'll be a nice transition. Um, Thank you guys. I appreciate your grace. Uh, All right. So let's start by asking God what he means by this. God, as we draw near to you this morning, will you open our ears to hear your word and our eyes to see your truth? Holy Spirit, as we dive into the Bible today, would you awaken our hearts, expand our minds, and shape our identities? Teach us, Lord, how to be salt and light to a watching world, especially in these dark days when many are feeling isolated and alone. Would you give us what we need? 
Will you give us your light to illuminate our path this morning? Jesus, we give this time to you. And all God's people said, amen. All right. So we're going to pick up here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, where Jesus gives us two examples of what it means to follow him. It's not two separate things. It's two examples of the same thing. He uses the illustration of salt and light. Jesus calls his disciples to reveal the God flavors and God's light to the world, illuminating his brilliant colors. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus tells them to be salt and light. He says they are going to be salt, but they have to get out of the salt shaker. He also tells them to be light, but they need to get out from under the basket. In essence, what he's saying, show the world who I am and tell them the good news. Tell them their Father in heaven has made the way back to him. And what he's saying to us is take on my flavor, reflect my light. I will do it. Not I will do it, but Jesus. Just step out from under the basket. I don't know about you, but for me, that's really good news. It's not up to me. I don't do this on my own. I can't generate the light and the flavor. It's the work of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in us. Now, in the original text, it says you, but the word you is plural. So that is more literally translated into all y'all, or we, us, our. So we're going to take this next moment to read this together with the plural pronouns, and that's kind of a tongue twister. So we are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, How shall our saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Salt, by very nature, is salty. And just as salt accentuates food, making it flavorful, we, followers of Jesus, bring out the flavor of God in our world. Just like salt makes us thirsty, followers of Jesus, brings out a thirst for God. An abundance of salt. Enter my next example. Makes an abundance of flavor. But too much salt, well, that's just gross. Mm. Mm. But it did make me salty. Or thirsty. All right. And then let's face it, salt left in the salt shaker won't do much good at all. And one grain of salt 
will get lost in the food and it will lose its saltiness. As followers of Jesus, we need each other to experience the full-bodied flavor of God, not only for ourselves, but for the sake of the world. For the world to taste Jesus, we must get out of the salt shaker. Eugene Peterson says in the message like this, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You have, will have lost your usefulness and end up in the garbage. So then Jesus goes on to talk about light, which seems disjointed, but he's trying to make the same point. Let's read this together. We are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let's let our light shine before others so that they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Jesus is the light. His light reflecting from within us is beautiful. He is the light. We are his reflection. And together we get to flame each other, be the fuel for each other's flame. And our, our light simply shines brighter when we're together. With Christ's light reflecting from within as a community, we get to be that city on a hill. Can you imagine a city with just one light? Without the Holy Spirit's presence and without being in a Jesus-following community with each other, our light as individuals can quickly burn out. We're just better together. Now, I'm going to talk about solar systems for a minute. Actually, just one planet. Our grandson loves planets. His dad, our son-in-law, is part of the science team at ASU that calibrated one of the main camera systems on the Mars 2020 Perseverance rover. So... Our grandson loves planets. I was up early last week, and it was super dark outside. Anybody else get up at 5.30 in the morning? All right. For those early risers, get out on your back porch, look east, and you're going to see Venus. Venus is so bright, and it is so sparkle. It sparkles like a diamond in the sky. I'm pretty sure that that, uh, that was... Um, the, 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 the reason that uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star was written. They didn't know it was Venus. Um, but Venus jumped out of the page of its black sky background. It shines really bright in the dark. Venus sparkles as a result of the light performance made by the sun's reflection. The light of the sun bounces off millions of crystals that surround the planet. And the sun's reflection doesn't just come from the planet itself, but this collection of particles that surround it. All the elements make the extraordinary light together. And it shines even more brightly when it's dark. Like Venus, we need each other to be a city on a hill. We need our sparkly little particles of light and the radiance of having Jesus in us to shine our light is his reflection. We don't have to fabricate it for ourselves. Isn't that really good news? Yeah, we don't have to fabricate it. And sure, we have days when we are not as sparkly, and that's okay. That's real. 
That doesn't mean that he's not in you, and it doesn't mean you don't shine. The message translation says it this way. Here's another way to put it. You're to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'll hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, our generous Father in heaven. And I know probably what you're thinking right now. Easy to say, but it's COVID. Heidi, what are you thinking? I know, I get it. I get it. Right now, things aren't easy. This pandemic has caused a lot of isolation. And that's become the norm. Togetherness feels like a far-off dream, doesn't it? In 2020, many people are feeling isolated and alone. Many are suffering from depression. Some have lost income. There's marital stress. Kids are in and out of school. Some are facing addiction and maybe even losing hope. In his book, Bright Hope for Tomorrow, Jim Dennison says, psychologists distinguish between acute stress, something we experience in the face of immediate but short-term challenges, and chronic stress, which is ongoing and debilitating. Of the two, chronic stress can especially lead to depression and other physical and psychological challenges. And now the experts are saying we are facing the darkest days yet. With case numbers on the rise, growing COVID fatigue, and burnout of our healthcare workers, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Our basic human needs are food, clothing, and shelter. And I heard on the news this last week that tens of millions of people are facing eviction. Without a safety net, those without financial resources might be left without a home. Many will become homeless. I've heard people who have overcome addiction are really struggling to find hope right now. And 80% of refugees that arrived in Phoenix in the last two years have lost their jobs. People need hope. For some, it's been dark and lonely here. And for others, it's been a time of drawing closer to God. As human beings, we have an insatiable desire to be loved and to belong. It can only be satisfied in God. But we need each other, too. When we lose our sense of belonging and purpose, the world can feel pretty dark, even for followers of Jesus. I don't know exactly where you are in all this. You might be struggling. You might be drawing closer to God. You may be experiencing his presence. Or the isolation might be smothering your light, leaving you feeling spiritually dark right now. This is an unprecedented time in history. People are tired. There's a sense of loss, even a loss of hope. There's grief, but... As dark as it is, the light of Jesus shines brighter in the dark. With our sign outside, people might just look to us to find hope. You might have come here because of the sign outside. It says, hope, no perfect people allowed. 
And people, friends, friends, no other time like the present since I first came to know Jesus have I felt this deep desire to be his light in the world. I want his light to shine in and through me. But no one can sustain as a lone ranger, right? We need each other, and I need you. Like Venus, we need either those little particles of crystal all around us to reflect God's light. When we experience the Holy Spirit together, we reflect God's light in this dark time, both to each other and to the world. This could be our very moment to shine, our city on a hill moment, a moment for us, our Venus moment. Now, if you're new to all this Jesus stuff, I want you to know something. His light is available to you too. You don't have to wait until you have it all together. You don't have to live a perfect life to shine the light of Jesus. We are all imperfect people. And here at Hope, we welcome you. I want to show you something. This is where I want um, the lights turned off. And... The door shut. All right. Now, this might be you today. Your flame is lit. Your light shines bright. And like Dixie, you are an illuminating draw for people to come closer to Jesus. But alone... It's one light. You can't see each other in here, can you? You might be able to see my face, but I can't see your face. So alone is not the way Jesus intended it to. If we take our church, Hope Covenant, and we take the... (laughs) It happened again. (laughs) We take the basket off the light. Now look look at us. We can see each other. A city on a hill. I can see every one of your faces, and I can see all of your eyes sparkle. So there you go. In the first service, we forgot to turn this light on, so it didn't really work, but that was pretty fun. That was fun, but you guys get, you guys get, to, get to get the point. So we have to take our basket off. We have to get out of the church. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's his life within us that shines. Our part is simply to get out from under the basket. His light illuminates our hearts. He releases us from darkness. It doesn't depend solely on us. The light rests on his shoulders. It rests on him. And we get to lean into him. We don't do this alone. And for me, that's really good news. Because on my own, it ain't pretty. Scott Sauls says in his book, Irresistible Faith, the light we shine is his light and not our own. Just as the moon, or in our case Venus, has no light of its own, nonetheless, it was created to reflect the light of the sun in such a way that it illuminates the darkness of night. And God's light is available to us every single day. And sure, we can experience him alone, 
but like a solitary flicker of a candle, we don't shine as bright alone. We need each other. We need each other to see Jesus. Jesus needs us to be together for the world's sake, too. He wants us together in here and out there. Jesus is asking us to take off the basket, to shine his light to the people who don't yet know him. So, he, so people can have a beacon of hope in here and out there. As followers of Jesus, or even if you don't know him yet, I want you to hear this. With Jesus, your light will never go out. With Jesus, you will never lose your saltiness. Because once you say yes to Jesus, he lives within you. That's really good news. And hope, people of hope, we can be a city on a hill church because Jesus came. I love how the Passion Version of the Bible paraphrases John 1. Life came into being because of him. For his life is light for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. Now, as our final message before Advent, which for those of you new to Christianity is the anticipation of the arrival of Jesus, I love how the scriptures have led us here today. We are people of hope a city on a hill that won't be hidden. What would it look like if hope became a beacon to the city around us, a refuge for hurting souls? Who might need us to illuminate their path to Jesus like Dixie did for me? And I want to take a minute to remind you, we are not alone. God has not left us alone. He's given us each other a community of faith to go deeper and deeper. And he's given us his son. So you might be a regular attender of hope and you're still feeling lonely. I would encourage you to reach out to someone. You don't have to go through this alone. It can be someone you feel close to or someone here at the church. Just reach out and let us know you're out there. And if you're new to Hope, we're so glad you're here. Maybe your next step is to just reach out to us and let us know you're out there. If you're here today and you don't identify with being a Christian yet, maybe today is the day Jesus is calling you to come close. Maybe you're hearing his invitation to follow him for the first time. And we are so delighted he brought you to Hope. So if life is feeling really dark right now and you feel hopeless, maybe even then something is stirring inside of you, calling you into the light because the illuminating presence of Jesus is near. If that's you today, I want to invite you to talk to Jim and I at the gold sofa in the back back there. We are happy to answer any questions or just pray with you. Friends, Don't walk this journey alone. 
remember, we need each other. Let's pray. God, your word says, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. Father, help us to live this day to the full, being true to you as salt and light to the world. Jesus, help us give ourselves away to others, being kind to everyone we meet. Holy Spirit, help us to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all we do and say. Amen. Can I just tell you I love partnering with Jesus? Have you been around a new believer lately? They are radiant, and their joy is contagious. I have had the pleasure of being someone else's Dixie in her journey to Christ. When she talks about Jesus, her eyes light up. She's vibrant and alive. And her enthusiasm lights me up too. There's a saltiness about her. And when I'm with her, it makes me thirsty for more of God. Her savory nature makes me hunger for Jesus. She's a new follower of Jesus. And while we don't have it all figured out just yet, we like to say, let's follow him anyway. So as we lead to our last song, I want you to know, hope, God is redeeming our stories right now. It may be difficult to see, but God is always at work, and his kingdom shines all around us. Will hope, as a city on a hill, respond to his invitation to be a light in the world? Will our hearts overflow with passion for the beauty of his name. Jesus brings hope to those in need. He is the salt. He is the light. I want you to stay seated as we listen to this, one of my favorite songs. Tim's going to lead us in salt and light. Thank you.